This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This is Michelle Fern, your host on Catitude. Have you ever thought about taking your cat abroad, like maybe to Asia? Sounds crazy, right? Okay, so my next guest wrote this gorgeous book, great photos, about Audrey, who took her cat, Ashi, to Japan. And it's such a delightful book. We're going to talk to the author, and we'll be right back after this message. Michelle Byrne here. You know, I always look for the best for my dog, and that's why I want to tell you about Natural Farm. They sell all-natural dog chews and bones made from their own factory in Brazil. Their chews and bones are free from artificial colorings, preservatives, and chemicals. They have some exciting new products, such as their stuffed collagen sticks in three flavors, Bully Stick, Peanut Butter, and Chicken, Power Bully Sticks made from Beef, Cheek, and Pizzle, and of course, their Peanut Butter Flavor Collagen Sticks. Go to naturalfarmpet.com and use the code BESTBETS15 for 15% off store-wide. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I would like to welcome Carrie Carter. She is the author of Whiskers Abroad, Ashi and Audrey's Adventures in Japan. Welcome, Carrie. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to have you on. Okay, Number one question, which is probably something you hear a lot. What inspired you to write the book? Okay, well, it's kind of a weird, a little bit of convoluted story. So I've always worked a lot of just bad fitting jobs. If I'm being polite, if I'm being honest, they were just really horrible jobs. And I was like, I got to do something else. I got to do something. This is not the right thing. So to always type up a list of things I liked and was interested in, and I would email it out to all my friends. And I'd be like, can you look over this list and suggest careers and jobs for me? And they would. Sometimes they would. Sometimes they wouldn't. And finally, at one point, my sister goes, we've got writing on there and you've got cats in Japan and travel and coffee and food. She's like, just combine them all and write a book. And I was like, that's so brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? (laughs) So that's how it became. That's how it got originally started. 
you know, that's how the best things get started. Someone makes a suggestion, you kind of stumble into it and go, why didn't I think about that? Also, some of the best things that are created, right, are some of the best things that are created are just so simple. And it's like, why didn't I think of that? This is so exactly. So, okay. So let's talk about the details of the book. So it's a fiction book, but it's also kind of too light because from what I read about, you have like a love affair with Japan, sort of. Yeah, I mean, I really do like traveling there. I think it's because it's kind of outside of like Japan and US are both like, you know, rich, wealthy countries. But when you go to Japan, it's so drastically different from the US. And I like being outside of my element. But let me tell this. I didn't mean anything bad by love here, but you've gone 14 times? Correct. See, that's what I mean. That's like, yeah, yeah. Well, let me add a little small detail in it that might make you feel a little bit like, oh, okay. So my husband used to work for Continental Airlines and part of his benefits was we could fly on standby for free. So one of the easiest flights to get on was from Houston to Japan because it's a direct flight and you won't get bumped. So that explains a lot of the trips right there. Okay, you came clean. (laughs) But still, it's... Plus, I love Japan, yes. (laughs) I've traveled to Australia, and I know the flight is a little, I think, just a tiny bit shorter to Japan. It's just a long, like a really long, long flight. It is, it is. But as even a better bonus, we got business class tickets. So that really helps Can't too. Beat that. Can't <laughs> beat that. And I've been to Europe a couple of times. And like I said, Australia was the furthest and Tahiti. But I do like the idea of exploring other cultures and seeing the differences. I know that you're based in the U.S. I'm based in the U.S. We're fortunate in the U.S. that we have a lot of diversity. We're, I think we're finally getting more and more open to diversity. But it's nothing like being in that particular country because, you know, when they have places like Little Italy and Little, you know, Koreatown, which is in Los Angeles and different places, it's not the same as going. Correct. Not even close. (laughs) Yeah, you get elements of it and you get kind of like you get a peek into it, but it's not actually the same as being there. Even as being as a tourist, you're still not getting the full grasp of what it's like living in that culture. You know, you're just on the peripheral looking into it. Right. So let's talk about the book. What is the book about? The book is about a woman and her cat, Audrey and Ashi. Ashi's the cat. And they travel to Japan and it's their adventures. And it's told as like a travelogue from both perspectives of events as they go throughout the country and experience different things. And it also serves as a guidebook because all the locations they go to are genuine places you can go to. And there's tips and advice on how to make that happen if you were to read the book and say, oh, I want to go do this. I want to go do the tuna ticket. Well, there's a website and info in it how to do that, too. There's a lot of information. There's also some Japanese. Well, you can always Google it if you don't know how to pronounce it. Which <laughs> Right. I but I don't think I know how to pronounce most of them. But what is the one, Igea Guy or something that says about life? Ikigai. So kind of a roundabout way. Ikigai is like your purpose. And to a lot of Americans, you say, what's your purpose? They immediately think career or money or how am I going to make a living? But it's a bit bigger than that. It's your whole reason to be. Like I heard in a Japanese documentary, a woman say her ikigai was to get up in the morning and to walk the little kids across the street to go to school. She was a crossing guard. And she goes, that gives me my purpose in life. I keep those kids safe. I get to talk to them. I get to watch them grow up. She's like, it's very fun and exciting and meaningful to me. So that's kind of a sense of what your ikigai is. 
Say it again really slow so people can okay. maybe <laughs> at some point. Okay. Ikigai. Ikigai. Okay. Yes. That's really cool. Yeah. That, that's just in a nutshell on the surface, but it, it's got a little bit more nuances and complexity to it than that. But that's a whole different show on itself. <laughs> right. And that would be more about travel, which we don't want. Well, we have some travel. We're about cats. So we're going to stick with cats. So this was, I know, fiction. Would you ever consider really bringing your cat to Japan? Oh, no. <laughs> I know, right? My, my cat would freak out. You know, I usually take the train from the airport to a station, a train station called Shinagawa Station. And when you get off the doors and you walk past the gates, there's like, Hundreds of thousands, well, I'm sure it's not really hundreds of thousands, but it feels like hundreds of thousands of people just everywhere walking back and forth. And it's overwhelming for me as a person. I couldn't imagine what a cat would do <laughs> or think, you know? <laughs> I know. I read the whole book and the only thing that I was just, oh my gosh, because in some parts, Audrey just lets her cat, you know, roam around. <laughs> and I'm thinking, how can you do that? Is your cat not good? If your cat comes back to you, mine wouldn't. Mine would take off. Oh, she's a little bit on the special side. (laughs) You know, he's not your normal cat. What made you decide to give a little bit of both to have the perspective, you know, Audrey talking about it and, oh, wait, one more. You always mention her horoscope first. Right, right. Yeah, I just kind of like the horoscope because, you know, it kind of gives a glimpse into her personality that the fact that she reads her horoscope every day. And it also is a kind of like, it gives an overall arc of what's going to happen to the day, you know, gives a hint to what's upcoming. And then you wrote it from a perspective of Audrey and then of Ashi. And also Ashi, yeah, because I thought if she's taken the cat, you need to see the cat's perspective because it's going to be very different than a human. I mean, like, think about how tall they are up off the ground. Just that fact and alone makes everything look different and feel different. And also a cat's going to have different interests. You know, he's probably not going to be into looking at art and museums, but he's definitely going to be interested in the fish market. (laughs) Yes. Yes, of course. Okay. What part of Whiskers Abroad kind of related to your own travels to Japan? Well, kind of quite a bit of it. (laughs) Me and Audrey may be soulmates (laughs) or close to being one and the same person. So, But I have been to all the places that are in the book and I have to a certain degree, experience, you know, going to those places. Maybe not quite things happen as they do in the book, but, you know, there's a literary license there when you're writing fiction. Of course. Is there really something called a passport? No, there's not, but there should be, shouldn't there? There should. There should. I have heard in Europe they do have animal passports. So if you try crossing borders within the UK or within the EU, you know, you have a passport showing that your cats or dogs microchipped and vaccinated. That would be a great idea. And it makes sense in Europe because the countries are all so close together. But here in the U.S., maybe for Canada and Mexico, there's something. Right. No idea. And folks, we're talking about early on, before the trip starts, Audrey gets a passport. It's like passport, but passport for Ashi. And that wouldn't be a good idea. I just know that when you're traveling, because I I researched this in case I was going to ever move someplace exotic, (laughs) that a lot of places um, you have to quarantine your animals first. Yeah, quarantine or like how Japan does it is you start like six months before you leave your country and you get a rabies titer and you do it like every so often leading up, you know, you get prove they're vaccinated and they have a titer showing that they don't have rabies. And they've kind of 
I'm not sure if they did totally away with the quarantine or they reduced it down greatly to like maybe a day or two. That makes sense. Countries want to avoid brought into the country. So, you know, it makes sense. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk more about Whiskers Abroad. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Michelle Fern here. When my cat's healthy, he's happy, and that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when Dennis is feeling healthy, and helping me know that my cat's healthy is just one reason why I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter has ultra-absorbing crystals that trap odor instantly. No more stinky cat bathroom smell. I love the fact that Pretty Litter is 99.9% dust-free. That really helps when you're changing litter. No more dust flying all around. And I love the fact that the super light crystal base also minimizes the mess. And the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the trash can. Here is the best thing, just the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes color to help detect early signs of potential illness in my cats, including urinary tract infection and kidney issues. This is so important. Many of you listening to Catitude might know years ago, Dennis was pretty sick. Had I had Pretty Litter then, I would have had a heads up. Because Dennis didn't let me know, and not only was this a costly visit to the vet, we almost lost Mr. Dennis, and that would have been tragic. Another great benefit is that Pretty Litter ships free to my door in a small, lightweight bag. I never run out of it, and I don't have a huge container of litter taking up space and stinking up my place. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash petliferadio to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash petliferadio to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash petliferadio. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Carrie Carter, the author of Whiskers Abroad, Audrey and Ashi's Adventures in Japan. So were there any surprises when you got to Japan, even the first time, even with all your preparations, and you just went, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I'd never expected this. One of the biggest surprises to me, particularly when going into Tokyo, was I was shocked about like how quiet it was. You know, I expected a city this large with this many people that there'd be constant noise and car honking. And, you know, I imagine something more like New York and it was pretty much quiet. The only exception to that is like on a Saturday night, there's like an entertainment area. If you go through there, it gets noisy. There's barkers and, you know, stuff like that. But for the most part, no noise. No, you know, I mean, there's noise, but no, like, you know, loud noises. Not like the train station with that picture packed with people. Even the train station's relatively quiet, you know. And when you get on a train, yeah, when you're on the train, no one talks. Or if they do talk, they talk softly to each other, but they don't talk on the phone. That's considered a big no-no. Are also the train stations, people are very neat and clean? 
Yes, you don't see trash on the streets. You don't see, you know, I mean, sometimes in some of the more artsy areas of Tokyo, you might see a little bit of graffiti. But for the most part, you don't see graffiti. You don't see trash, you know, and people are very orderly, very polite, and they line up. Now they do. I'm sure you've seen videos and you've seen TV on TV where on the rush hour, they were like shoving the people into the train. They actually do that in the mornings, trying to get as many people as they can on it before it takes off. <laughs> Understanding how crowded it could be. Now I know that even before the pandemic, why people wore masks. Yeah. Sense. Who wants to get sick? You're right up against somebody. Well, most of the time people, if like you had the cold, they'd wear a mask to be polite. And then in the springtime, a lot of people wore masks because of um, allergies. Makes sense. Total yeah. sense. What was Audrey's favorite place? What was Audrey's favorite place? Audrey really liked the tuna ticket. And that is a ticket you buy. It's like a $20 pass. And it takes you from Tokyo or Yokohama all the way down to this Miura Peninsula. It's at the very end. And that's where they bring in all the big tunas. That's where the catch comes through. And you go down there and there's things to do and see. And the ticket gives you a meal, a tuna meal. And there's like 25 participating restaurants. And then you can do an activity like you can take the boat ride or you can go soak in the hot springs. And for the price, I'm like, it's a great deal. It's a great afternoon. And it gets you out of the busy hustle bustles of the city into a little port town that otherwise you wouldn't see. Did Audrey have any cultural shocks? Well, I know about the the spa. You know, the spa is a little bit different, you know, because we're, as Americans, we're more like, you need to have clothes on <laughs> when you're around strangers, or right? Prude. <laughs> but or body conscious, they, I guess, or a prude or something, whatever. Right. <laughs> but there, they all take their clothes off and, you know, you shower before you get into the hot springs. Which they're, you know, they're either called onsens. If they got minerals in them, if they're real, and if they're just like a hot bath, they're called um, sintos. And you get in there and you soak, and there's other naked people soaking in there too. And it's, you know, no big deal. Like, even some of the ones I went on to the countryside, it, they're both genders. They're not even, like, separated. <laughs> well, be open-minded, right? I mean... <laughs> yeah, it seems no big deal. It seems No one seems to have an issue with it. I think the weirdest thing about the public baths was, and I heard of this, and I was going, no, someone's just joking with me, you know, that some of them have hot tubs that have electricity in them. Oh. As in, you get shocked when you get into them. <laughs> And I didn't believe it. And then I was like, it's the Cinto. And I got the one. I was like, oh, oh, this oh is not God. pleasant. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> it was like a low level shock sensation. That would freak me out. Um, <laughs> what was Ashi's favorite place? The fish market. Oh, of course. Know. Well, let me back that up. Because when he first gets to the fish market, he was, you know, terrified of it. Now, I wrote the book about Skiji Fish Market, but that has the auction part and the seafood part has closed down and relocated to about half a mile, maybe it's half a mile, two miles down the road. But the original stores and the restaurants are still there, but the tuna auctions have switched. And it is like, or was, super crazy busy. You know, the one of the few places that was loud. And there's like these little, they call them lorry trucks driving around. And there's people running around. The floor's wet and people are yelling, you know, at the auctions and ringing bells. And there's just stuff everywhere. And it's a working fish market, you know. People go there as tourists, but it's really, it is a tourist thing to see, but it's really not. It's a working fish market. I wonder if it compares to the fish market in Seattle. I've been to both and it's worlds apart. <laughs> it's just a I think the one in Japan is probably more authentic and more, you know, very not so polite, like just. 
it's different, you know. No, I haven't been to the new one that they where they relocated. They modernized it, you know, because they're like, oh, we need to modernize it and you know make it more sanitary and. But I was like, well, the other one's been there for hundreds of years and it hasn't been an issue. Why is it an issue now? <laughs> it's kind of like before the pandemic, sanitizer. I have nurses in my family, so I've always been germ conscious because they made me. But before that, you know, way back, we didn't have sanitizer. We were just fine. But now we have to sanitize. All, you know, even before the pandemic, we're all sanitized friendly. And now we're even worse. We have it every place. We're conscious of germs. Does it help? Uh, maybe. Maybe we'll have less colds <laughs> or something. What were places that Ashi and Aji did not like? Um, I wouldn't say there was very many places they did not like. Ashi goes, they go on a bike ride. and He did not like the bike ride because he thought it was scary, you know. And Audrey likes everything because it's all different and new and exciting. So she's all gung-ho about everything, you know. Even if something goes south, she's still excited about it. Not like Attitude me. <laughs> is everything. What about food? Oh, okay. Food plays a very big portion in the book. And some people say there's a little bit too much focused on the food. But I don't know. When you go to Japan, one of the best parts is eating there, you know, because they've got so many different fish you can try and dishes you don't see back here. And what's interesting is like a lot of the restaurants, they focus on one thing and that's all they make. We make udon noodle soup. We make sushi. We make, you know, it's just one thing. Now you can go to bars, pubs there, and they'll have a variety of foods you can eat. But for the most part, it's very niche and very concentrated on what they do. And as a result, you get excellent food no matter where you go. And I thought it was clever that the ramen, I think it was the ramen place, you had a, you purchase tickets, then bring it to the people or the, the cashier or, or and, you know, pay for your food. But you decide first, so it's more efficient. You don't waste time at the uh, counter. Right, because a lot of people don't have very long to eat, particularly lunchtime. They're in and out. And also this way with the tickets, the people who work there don't ever have to handle money. Somebody told me it was more to do about a sanitary reasoning than the just handling money because you know they won't don't want to have to be constantly cleaning their hands money's filthy yeah <laughs> it has more germs than i want to i read something once in a magazine it has all kinds of matter and it's the most filthiest thing you could it is and people put it in their mouth at times Ooh. <laughs> no thank you no yeah and i thought it was cool too uh, that you described and i know i'm pinpointing little things but there's so many little things that they have little baskets where you could put your purse right you know what and it, for the longest time i didn't that realize smart. that's what it was for <laughs> and finally like one of the waitresses working there she put my purse in the basket and pointed at it and said dozo just kind of like, please, you know, go ahead and do this. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> That's a thing because women's purses have a lot of dirt. We put them down and some cultures believe it's bad luck. Yeah. And also a lot of men carry purses there too. You know, satchels or purses or like a, like a messenger bag. I've seen all sorts of styles of man purses there. And I find that interesting because here, like most men be like, I don't need a purse. Oh, by the way, can you hold my keys, my chapstick, my... Exactly. Oh, you know, <laughs> or they forget stuff or they have it in their pants and their pants fall down. Yeah. How much heavy stuff in there. What about advice? So since you wrote about Audrey and Ashi, what advice would you give someone who is planning to go to Japan? Probably not take their cat, but they're going to go. Right. Well, I will say just real quick, like if you love cats, there's lots of cat culture in Japan. There's shrines dedicated to cats. You know, there's cats being fed and taken care of in the parks. There's cat cafes. There's lots of cat activity and, and stuff to buy if that's your interest. But 
in terms of advice, the biggest thing I'd say is do not over plan. I see people do this all the time. They're like, ooh, and I, I understand it. They get a, you get excited. You're like, I want to see everything, but you really can't see everything. So if you tried too much, you just see a little snippet of everything and then you didn't really see anything. You're in a daze and you're just like, what just happened? <laughs> so I'd say take your time, plan it, don't over plan. You know, maybe even spend an afternoon where you just get off a stop off the train somewhere and just explore that area, you know, just walk around, eat a restaurant there, take some pictures. That's great advice. What is the next adventure for Audrey and Ashley? Say your next book. They are going to go back to Japan. So there's some things they still want to do and see. And one of the one things I wanted them to do was see the uh, robot show. But the robot show did not survive the pandemic. So it will not be in the next book. And then after that, they'll probably go to South Korea. I was thinking this could be a big series and you could just go to all these different countries if you desire. Right. I'm hoping they'll go from, you know, see the different countries over time, you know, you know, some places in Asia or maybe they'll go to Italy and, you know, maybe they'll go down to New Zealand or Australia or something. That would be great. Where can people find out more about you and where they could find Whiskers Abroad and then your next book that's coming up? Well, they can find out more about me and the next upcoming book at my website, which is com, And you can also sign up for my newsletter to get updates. And I, s- I sometimes send out little stories about Ashi and Audrey. But if you want to purchase the book, you can buy it on Amazon or you can buy it at Barnes and Nobles or you can even get it direct through my publisher, which is com. Well, I wish you great success. I can't wait for the next book to come out. And thank you so much for coming on Catitude. Thank you for having me on. Well, I hope you guys all enjoyed that. Please be sure to check out this book. It's really cool. There's great pictures in there and great information. Makes me want to go to Japan. It's called Whiskers Abroad, Ashi and Audrey's Adventures in Japan. And there's pictures of... Harry slash Audrey in the book, but there's also great pictures of Ashi. Definitely, he's a model. He's gorgeous. Great cat. So I hope you check that out. And I'd like to thank my cat crew, Charlotte, Molly, Jethro, and Dennis. And of course, Nikki, the little yappy dog, for keeping me on my toes and my cats teaching me all about cats. Thanks to my guest for coming on Catitude. Thanks to all of you. Thank you so much for listening to Catitude. Have any suggestions? Send them in. Michelle at PetLifeRadio.com. And of course, thank you so much to my producer, Mark Winter, because he makes the magic happen. Without him, we would not sound as good for sure. So thanks so much, Mark. And hey, remember, lose the attitude. Have catitude. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.